This is an oral history of the Lord's move at Gonzaga University in the late 1970s. It's a story of what can happen when a group of young men are captured by the enjoyment of their human spirit and the truth of the ground of the church. The following is a roundtable fellowship between Scott, Peter, Jim, and Bob in which they answer a question regarding truth and what biblical truth it was that captured them for the church life in God's eternal purpose. I have a follow-up question. I, I think Peter hit it a little bit in his speaking, and it had to do with how he started hearing these things that he had never heard before about purpose and God's good pleasure and all these things. I'm wondering if all you brothers can share with us, was there like a truth for you personally that really like hit home and, and kind of captured you? Well, I guess because I'm, I'm a fairly simple person, probably the most simple, most simple matter in the New Testament is that every church meets according to where they live. One church for one city. And I can remember growing up, like we all shared, we grew up Catholic and so forth. And I go across these different denominations and I wondered how come there were so many different things? This just doesn't seem right. And so, of course, that bolstered my Catholic faith because supposedly it's one, you know. But the, just that matter of how we're supposed to meet, how do we do this? How do we carry out a church life? And the way we do it is we just meet as Christians, as born-again people, not with any name, not with any, any particular doctrine or anything. We just meet where we live. So we meet together as the church in Spokane. It's so simple, and it's so normal, and the enemy hates this, or we would all just meet this way without any type of title or any type of division at all. You know, Trevor, the, the Ephesians chapter 1 is what really captured me. Just, just the, the concept that, well, God needs something? God wants something? Well, what, what does God want? And that just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And he wants, he wants his body. He wants the church. And, and, and a young man of 18, along with that, there was, there was a lot of sharing related to David being a man after God's own heart. And, and why was David a man after God's own heart? Because David wanted a house. He wanted a house for God. And so that particular truth from that came out of the first chapter of Ephesians, after I saw that, I think the, the impact was as big as my first meeting the Lord in 1973. That was 78. And I, I just saw it. I just saw it. And it, I was dancing. Just, just, I mean, just, <laughs> and my decision, my subjective decision after seeing God's heart, God's desire, God's purpose uh, was a very strong decision. I, my life is for this Amen. and I am just giving myself for this. And of course, you know, the ground of the church was the way that it was practically carried out, that the Lord would build up the body, 
by recovering the oneness of the body and and i mean we were just on fire for this you know that the lord needs to recover the oneness and that was like june 1978 but brothers then on november 18 1978 the the greatest mass suicide in modern history transpired in Jonestown, Guiana at a cult called the People's Temple that was led by an evil, evil person called Jim Jones. And boy, he exercised absolute control over his people and led them, families, mothers, fathers, and children to drink cyanide laced kool-aid and then they all went down families children just to die it totally shocked the entire world Mm -hmm. and the whole world became cult conscious cult crazy right at that time in december of 19 78 a person from among us who became very negative wrote an article that was snapped up by the ap press and that article said this x official exposes local cult it was in big letters across the saturday evening church page that article basically equated Jim Jones with a brother who was quite prominent among us. His name was Witness Lee. And so we were guilty by association just with this person. And we began to experience intense persecution from our peers, from our families, I mean, my family thought for sure tomorrow I'm going to drink Kool-Aid and, you know, I'm going to be done, you know. I mean, all of my friends from high school were coming to me. Actually, my dad was going to all my friends and in tears begging them that I would get out of the church life. And my friends would come to me and they say, Peter, do you know what you're doing to your dad? And psychologically, it was incredibly painful. But the problem is, I saw the vision. I saw it as clear as day. It's not about following a man. It's, it's not about Scott Finney. It's not about any of that. It's about God, the Almighty, who has a plan and I mean, I'm breathing for this plan and I'm, I want to see it happen. So, you know, we saw something. We, we really saw something from the word of God. It became a vision to us. And so even in the midst of that persecution, Jim got saved, Bob got saved, and they all came in after that time of in 1978 so persecution bring it on bring it on man (laughs) i'll I'll share after you bob 
I think I'll tell you the song I sang, I had, I had sung at my wedding. God eternal has a purpose formed in his eternal past. Spreading to eternal future, twixt these ends, all time is cast. Yes. For with time there is a process, time for his accomplishment. And in time we're merely travelers, for eternity we're meant. That, Trevor, that is, to me, was the vision. Growing up, I knew that the Bible was true. And the Bible was God's word. That, to me, was pretty established. I, I respected God's word. I knew God's word. It's just, I didn't know it. I didn't know what it said. And I knew that I had to be with people that knew the Bible and not just a chapter and not just the New Testament, but could, could lay out the whole Bible. And so the revelation that really caught me, you know, was this matter in Genesis 1 and 2 and Revelation 21 and 22, yes. to see that in Genesis 1 and 2, you have the materials. And those same materials are built up in Revelation 21 and 22. Wow. So you could see God through time in man was mm -hmm. carrying out a goal to attain, to reach something. That his goal was not just for man to be good, man to be happy. His goal was that he was building something. And those materials we see in Genesis, we see those materials built up as the new Jerusalem in Revelation 21 and 22. So this vision that God needs something and that God is doing something. Mm -hmm. It's not that just God wants something, but God is doing something. He's gaining something. That, to me, controlled me. Mm -hmm. I realized that I wanted to be a part of what God is doing. Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of what God wants. You know, and I, I, I've used this example before, but my wife, on our wedding night, or, or shortly after our wedding night, probably not our wedding night, she was so excited for me. She spent all this time cooking this, this dish for me. And then she wouldn't tell me what it was and, you know, all this. And then she surprised me with this dish, you know. It was a piece of squash. And she loves squash. But I hate squash. <laughs> my, my mother made me eat squash when I was a kid. I hate it. That, I mean, I can hardly choke down a bite of squash I don't like it she she loves me you know no question and I love her but she didn't she didn't inquire from me what I wanted she assumed what she wanted I wanted yeah. and didn't ask me what I wanted and I just feel like so many Christians today they assume what God wants but they don't inquire they don't inquire in the word. What does the word unveil to us what God mm. wants? What mm. does the word show us what God wants? Well, now we get to Genesis 1 and 2, Revelation 21, 22. This caught me. I realized God needs to build a church, and the build a church becomes the new Jerusalem. And these, these building materials are so significant. But anyway, that was the main revelation that I got.
got That's me. Right. Amen. Amen. Wow, you brothers put me into another stratosphere. Let's go preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> you know, what hit me was these five words, the greatest prophecy in the entire Bible. They hit me like a train. And when a train hits you, you just cannot walk the same thereafter. And it was just these simple words, I will build my church. That hit me. And you know, it's been shared in the ministry, revelation is not something you have to grasp with your memory. Revelation will grasp you. And that's how you know you've seen something when something you can't shake loose. And I could never shake loose, regardless of my spiritual condition or setting. These five words, I will build my church. Just like the brother said, those words to me, and then when you think of the context, that Matthew 16, 18, where that's stated, just before he gave them a test. You know, I'm kind of into education, so I always see things as teachers and students. But anyway, he gave them a test. Who do men say that I am? And they named off all this nonsense. And then finally, Peter had a revelation. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. But as was shared, he just saw like this. His, his one eye was covered. He saw the Christ. But he needs to see, I will build my church. And I realized when I got saved, I had one hand over one of my eyes. And I saw the Christ. But to see the fullness is to see, I will build my church. And when I saw that, I realized there's only one song that I sing. Whenever we sing it, it brings me to tears inwardly and outwardly. And that's hymn 1229. The church is Christ's deep longing. When you look at those words, uh, and like me, Bob, I, I, we had this for our wedding. That was our song, 1229. The church is Christ's deep longing and his good pleasure too. His every word and action is made with her in view. His heart's love is established and not can him deter before the earth's foundations. His thoughts were filled with her. To me, I will build my church. That, that is what he's doing. And when I realized I'm not here to be shot up to heaven someday, I'm not here just to preach the gospel. I am here to witness and to see the consummation, even to see the conclusion, see the finalization of I will build my church. This is the greatest prophecy in the Bible, and this is what makes us tick inside. So that, that speaking alone has changed me. And when you brothers mention about the ground of the church, if you all have time, read this little booklet by Watchman Nee, The Satan Strategy Against the Church. He brings out three things. Teachings to distract us from the riches of who Christ is. Then he brings out clergy and laity to distract us from the functioning of the body of Christ. And then lastly, he brings in all these denominations to distract us from the oneness of the body. And when you realize Satan is trying to drop these three bombs on us in every way, but this vision that the brothers just mentioned and that I just gave a PS to, this vision causes us to walk through fire, walls of fire. And what a mercy that we have seen something that causes yeah. us to do that. Everything else is optional. But this one thing, we don't consider an option. And that's his mercy reaching us. Amen. 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 Next time on Stories. Sometimes it's just hard to know where to start. That, that's hard, Nathaniel. 
but it's got to start. It's got to start with us enjoying the Lord. Yeah. And out of 60,000, there, there's got to be some, there's got to be some there that are the Lord's working on. I, I was just impressed with, you know, Jim's testimony and Peter's testimony, how the Lord was working on each one of them. He, work, he was working on Peter. And it just so happened, Peter saw Scott. But the Lord had already worked on him and was gnawing at him already. And with Jim, it was the same thing. And with me, it was the same thing. The Lord was already working on, on me. So I, I really feel, Nathaniel, that there's not a problem on the people around us being closed. There's something on our side, something on our side that is preventing the Lord from bringing us one. I think the Lord wants to bring us one.